Good evening, my dear friends and curious souls. Welcome to Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast. My name, you may wonder. Just think of me as your old grandpa, spinning tales from a time long gone, and some from not-so-distant past. In my younger days, my grandkids would crowd around me, their eyes wide in anticipation or fear, eager for the evening's gruesome tales. Now I extend this tradition, this gift, to you. So pull up a chair, stoke that fireside, and let the shadows dance on every corner of the room. Let's journey together into the heart of darkness, where we unmask the unseen, discover forbidden secrets, and unburden the forgotten tales of the past. So dim the lights, my friends, and let's delve into the mysteries that emerge only after dark on our wonderful, unnerving journey. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, I bring you a tale from my ninth birthday, a memory that hasn't faded even though I'm now 21. This happened in my mom's house, a place I believe could possibly be a sweet spot for a friendly spirit. It's a story that might not send chills down your spine, but it was my first real brush with the supernatural, and it firmly cemented my belief in the existence of otherworldly beings. Picture this, my best friend and I, just two girls at a sleepover, staying up way past our bedtime talking about everything under the sun. The room was dark, save for the faint streetlight filtering through the window. We were sharing a bed, whispering and giggling when something caught my eye. There it was, a white mass suspended near a corner of the ceiling. It was almost luminous, but it didn't manage to light up the room. It was solid, much like a dense fog and obstructed the view of the wall behind. It was just there, not doing anything, just hovering for what seemed like an eternity, but was probably just five minutes. I nudged my friend and whispered, Do you see that? The way she immediately hid under the covers and trembled was answer enough. Now here's the curious part, I wasn't scared. There was this sense of calm curiosity enveloping me. My friend, on the other hand, was petrified. So, dear listeners, was this a ghost or something else? Have any of you experienced anything similar? That white mist never made another appearance, but it wasn't the end. I have since seen orbs, shadows, and balls of light not just in my home, but other places too. Thanks for tuning in. Stay curious, mystery seekers. Yours in the dark. Neely. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, Picture this, it's seven years ago, and I'm just your average person, getting into bed after a long day, ready to drift off into dreamland. Everything is as routine as ever, nothing out of place, everything in the usual order. You know when you jolt awake in the middle of the night, heart pounding and a sense of unease sitting heavy in your chest? That's how I woke up at 3 a.m. that night, to a firm grip on my left foot, pulling and tugging me awake. As soon as I sat up, the grip was gone. I remember yelling for my little brothers, thinking it was a prank. 
but the room was eerily silent, my door still shut tight. Now here's the thing, I was sleeping on a mattress on the floor, so there was no room for anyone to hide under my bed. The closet, well, it was jam-packed with stuff, no room to accommodate a person. I remember flipping around to check the time, and you guessed it, it was 3 a.m. sharp. Now, I don't know if it's just a coincidence or not, but ever since that night, I wake up every single night around 2.30 to 3 a.m. That night, I shrugged it off as some weird sleep interruption, rolled over, and fell back asleep. But the next morning, the reality dawned on me. I was alone in that room when something grabbed my foot. Let me tell you, it wasn't a light touch. It was a firm pressure, like a hand trying to wake me up. And this wasn't a dream. I've had sleep paralysis a handful of times, and this was nothing like it. So, dear listeners, what do you make of this? I'm still trying to piece it together, still trying to convince myself it wasn't real. But I can still feel that grip, that pressure, every time I stretch my legs out at night. Until the next story, sleep tight and keep those feet away from the end of the bed. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, This is Skylar Cox, and I've got a chilling tale to share. When I was just 13, I encountered something that still sends shivers down my spine. Picture this. I was with my Uncle Mark, busy putting up a for sale sign on a house. As we were about to leave, I spotted a black cat. Not wanting it to scare potential buyers, I chased after it. The cat darted down a hallway with me hot on its tail. As I slipped and slid on the wet tiles in my socks, I spotted a figure, a white apparition in the shape of a little girl. The previous homeowners had shared a tragic story of a young girl who perished in a fire sparked by a faulty lamp in her room. On that same night, sleep eluded me. The image of the little girl haunted my dreams. In the middle of the night, I woke up thirsty. As I walked into the kitchen, what I saw made my blood run cold. The refrigerator door swung open, and there on the counter sat a full glass of water. Without a second thought, I grabbed my four-wheeler keys and headed to my friend Tyler Busby's house. After all, who wouldn't prefer the company of a friend over an eerie, empty house? I spent the night there and returned home only when my parents were back from their vacation. Now here comes the part that still baffles me. When I shared my tale with my parents, they just wouldn't believe me. The refrigerator door was firmly shut and there was no trace of the glass of water on the counter. Today, as a 14-year-old, I'm still left with unanswered questions about that mysterious night. Was it all just my imagination, or was there something more to it? Thanks for letting me share my spooky story, Mysteries After Dark podcast. Until next time, keep the lights on and the mysteries coming. Best, Skylar Cox Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, Allow me to spin a tale about a couple of very close friends of mine. They're the type of girls whose censors ping for the supernatural. 
They've had their fair share of run-ins with the paranormal, but this experience easily tops the list. They're quite certain that they've come face to face with a demon. Our story unfolds under the warm light of day amidst the picturesque backdrop of wine country. On a casual stroll downtown, my friends were en route to the local brewery when they spotted Sam, a homeless man who could be a handful. You see, Sam had a reputation for talking to himself, stalking people, and an eerie obsession with the devil. His presence alone was unnerving enough to send shivers down your spine. As they continued their walk, a car glided up next to them. In the back seat, a teenage girl leered at them through the open window. Dressed head to toe in black, her skin bore an unnatural, almost deathly green tinge. Her expression was so terrifying it sent my friends sprinting down the street. Imagine their horror when they saw the same girl standing in their path further down the road. It was impossible. She couldn't have gotten out of the car and sprinted ahead. It was as if she had simply appeared. They bolted into the sanctuary of the brewery, hearts pounding, praying she wouldn't follow them inside. They confided in me later, their voices trembling with residual fear that they wouldn't wish this encounter on anyone. They've had plenty of ghostly encounters, but a demon, that was a first. Intriguingly, they suspect a connection between the demon and Sam. His fascination with witchcraft, combined with the dark energy that seems to surround him, raises numerous questions. He even once stalked one of the girls prior to this bone-chilling incident. What's your take on this, dear podcast? Might they have crossed paths with a genuine demon? Thanks for hearing out my tale. Looking forward to your thoughts. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I have a story for you that I think your listeners will find both intriguing and chilling. Picture this, I'm just a young kid, about seven years old. Every night, as I lay in my bed, I see this orb, a dimly lit ball of light about the size of a grapefruit, hovering around my room. This happened every night for about two months. The orb wasn't always in the same place, sometimes it stayed still and other times it moved languidly across the room. But it always stayed within ten feet of my bed, disappearing after about five minutes. One day, I gathered the courage to ask my dad to sleep in my room, to witness this strange occurrence. That night, the orb appeared closer than ever, just two feet from my face. Heart racing, I nudged my dad awake. He rolled over sleepily, his elbow accidentally hitting the ghostly orb. Just like that, it vanished never to return. Fast forward to when I was 14, living in my mom's house. One night I woke up in a cold sweat, heart pounding for no apparent reason. My eyes darted around the room, landing on a large oval-shaped orb at the end of my room. It lingered for a few seconds before disappearing into the ether. Now I'm 23 and haven't seen these orbs or ghosts for nearly nine years. I can't help but wonder why. Was it because I was scared and unknowingly built mental barriers to block them out? Or was it tied to the houses I lived in? I admit I'm both curious and terrified. If these were indeed ghosts, and if I've somehow erected mental walls against them, I would like to work on dismantling them to have another chance to witness these phantoms.
One of the most chilling experiences occurred when I was still living at my dad's house. I remember we were all goofing around in the living room. I jokingly shouted, Look, a ghost is coming out of my brother's room. Everyone looked and laughed, but then a ghost actually started materializing from my brother's room. The laughter was quickly replaced by screams as we all bolted out of the house. It seemed as if the ghost had heard me or was watching us. Spooky, isn't it? I guess that's my story. It leaves me with many questions but no answers. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, let me share a chilling tale from my early teens, a memory that still sends shivers down my spine. Think back to that tender age of 13. The hour was around 2 or 3 a.m., that quiet and eerie time when the world around is asleep, but the supernatural, as I found out, isn't. You see, I was never a fan of sleeping alone, and thank goodness for my loyal canine companion Jada, who always kept me company. As we were getting ready to call it a night, I remembered my mother's warnings about my sister's old room, where we were sleeping. She mentioned it being haunted by an entity not quite of this world. But you know how it goes, the ignorance of youth, and I brushed it off. But the night wasn't as forgiving. As we settled into bed, Jada started whimpering, her tail tucked between her legs. The open door to the room seemed to beckon her, and she darted under the bed, refusing to come out despite my worried calls. Fear was slowly setting in, making the room seem colder and darker. To my relief, she eventually came out at my second call. But by then, the fear was palpable. I quickly shut the door, attempting to seal away the creeping dread. An hour or so passed without incident and I tried to lull myself back to sleep. But as soon as I did, the door creaked open, letting in a chilly draft that rustled across the sheets. My eyes remained shut, hoping it was just a trick of the wind. But then, the bed started shaking violently, and there was Jada, growling menacingly at me. Before I knew it, she pounced, and I barely managed to push her away. In an instant, she snapped back to her normal self and ran to my mother's room. I was right on her tail, a bundle of nerves with my heart pounding like a drum. And let me tell you this, from that night on, I never set foot into that room again. So there you go, dear listeners, a tale of a haunted room and a canine companion that still gives me the chills. Stay tuned for more stories from the eerie side of life. Until then, keep your lights on and your dogs close. Good night. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, Here's an eerie story straight from my memory box. A few years back, on Valentine's Day, my friend Kirsty and I had an experience that chills us to this day. We were sauntering back to her house, our laughter echoing through the quiet town of Driffield. Our path took us past a tranquil memorial garden, adorned with vibrant flowers and a solitary bench facing a war monument with a small river serenely flowing nearby. 
I recall the church bells chiming six as we approached the bench. It was then that our laughter abruptly ceased. In a synchrony that was as unnerving as what we were about to witness, we both turned towards the bench, our words frozen mid-sentence. There, bathed in the fading light, sat a figure in a voluminous green coat, a large bag by his side. For a moment, the bag's size had me mistaking it for a child crouched down. The realization struck both of us simultaneously. This man was without a head. This is no cliché, I assure you. Our reactions, however, were starkly different. Kirsty, terror-stricken, let out a scream and darted across the road, leaving me staring in disbelief at the seemingly headless figure. He sat unperturbed, his hands resting on his knees, making no move to acknowledge Kirsty's terrified screams. Intrigued and apprehensive, I mustered my courage to get a closer look. I moved around the bench, the figure remained still reinforcing the ghastly reality that he indeed lacked a head. Alarm bells went off in my head, and I sprinted towards Kirsty. As I turned back for a final glance, the man was moving his arms. This sent us sprinting all the way to Kirsty's house, our hearts pounding in our chests. In the safety of her home, we finally broke our silence. You did see that, didn't you? Kirsty asked, her voice trembling. We recounted the chilling experience, each detail matching the other's recollection. The headless man in green sitting motionless on a bench, his oversized bag next to him, had been a shared reality. We speculated if the figure might have been a war veteran, waiting for his lover, or perhaps grieving a lost comrade. But we knew we would never have a definite answer. This haunting encounter, though hard to believe, is a memory I share with Kirsty. It remains to this day the most terrifying experience of my life. Thanks for listening. Neely. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, on an unforgettable summer night back in 2000, when I was just 16, I embarked on an adventure of a lifetime. Picture this, a quaint, forgotten basketball court, overgrown with years of neglect, under the blanketing canvas of a crystal-clear, star-studded sky. It was here that my friend Mike, his mysterious buddy Matt, my stepfather Paulie and I, decided to dabble in the unknown. Magic. We had everything set up right under the open sky, from the customary candles arranged meticulously in a pentagram to the indescribable anticipation of the unknown. Suddenly, I heard strange words echoing in my mind, phrases that sounded alien to me, yet oddly familiar, like Latin. Caught in the moment, I found myself reciting these words aloud. Just then, a streak of lightning cut across the sky illuminating the town with an unearthly glow. In the aftermath of that electrifying event, the world around us shifted. Spectral figures started to appear before us, apparitions of those long gone. Before we knew it, names of the departed began appearing on our palms. It was a sight that would have unnerved even the bravest souls. But strangely, I felt oddly calm. We decided to retreat to the safety of my porch. It was there, under the soft yellow glow of the porch light, that I held my first conversation with Matt. 
It turned into a chilling recount of his grandmother's death. Details about her final attire, her resting place, and Matt's age at the time of her passing. This intimate knowledge of his past left Matt in tears. When the clock struck one, Mike, visibly shaken, pleaded with me to accompany him and Matt to his house, which was right next to mine. With a sense of responsibility, I walked them across the yard, under the watchful eyes of the stars above. The events of that night still remain a blur. I can't recall the words that unleashed the supernatural, and perhaps it's for the best. I would strongly caution anyone not well-versed in magic to refrain from attempting what we did that night. After all, not everyone is prepared to face what lurks beyond the veil of reality. That's all for today, dear listeners. Stay tuned for more tantalizing tales from the other side. Remember, the supernatural isn't always supernatural. Sometimes it's just supernatural. Until next time, this is your friendly neighborhood ghostwriter signing off. Does the story give you chills or does it leave you wanting more? I double-check to ensure it satisfies all the requirements. Do let me know what you think. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I've got a tale that still sends shivers down my spine every time I think about it. It all goes back to my childhood, when I was about six or seven years old. One night I was tucked into bed, lost in the world of dreams, when suddenly I was jerked awake. My room was icy cold, so cold I could see my breath, even though the radiator, close to my bed, was radiating warmth. That's when I saw him, a man, somewhat translucent, and bathed in a soft light blue light sitting right on my bed. The sight wasn't alarming at first. He seemed familiar. Then the reality hit me like a punch in the gut. I had never seen this man before. I remember diving under my covers, calling out for my parents. By the time they hurried in, the man had vanished, leaving no trace of his eerie presence. From that night on, I haven't seen him again. But lately, there's this sensation that I'm not alone in my room. A feeling of being watched when it's just me and my pet cat. Here's the most chilling part, dear listeners. The man was dressed in an army uniform, with short dark hair neatly combed back. The day after the incident, I was at my grandma's and spotted a picture of my late granddad in his World War II army uniform. The resemblance was uncanny. My sister shares a similar experience, too. She once saw a man in her room tall and wearing a light blue hood, similar to one I had recently bought. She tried to wake her boyfriend, but to no avail. Cowering under her covers, she waited until the figure disappeared. Now I can't help but wonder if she actually saw something, or if it was just her imagination. What do you think, dear listeners? Have you experienced something similar? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Until then, keep your eyes open and your senses alert for the mysteries of the night are many. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, 
I appreciate Shane and Bittersweet's commentary on my possession story. I realize I left out some details, as I mainly sought to shed light on the subtle and calculated nature of certain demon possessions. They aren't just about being flung across rooms and drooling. I'm talking about a unique kind of demon that can directly influence and shape your life. Now let me give you a bit more context, so bear with me. On my website, you'll find details on how Heaven recognized their entrapment and took a stand. This process also involved helping demons see who they really were, essentially freeing them from their demonic form. Sounds crazy, right? But here's the thing. Demons are beings just like us, who have fallen victim to their raw emotions such as anger, sadness, and grief. When dealing with these beings in the dimensions, where time doesn't exist, understanding and correcting their actions happens in quantum time. It's quick. This wasn't possible before because the white light was controlling heaven. Now even though demons no longer exist as we know them, the mind consciousness can mimic any demonic experiences, hauntings, and channelings. Let's dive deeper into my own experiences. I did see and hear this demon. He had no physical body, yet he appeared as an apparition. His interactions with me varied from strangulation to molestation, and he had the ability to manipulate my actions and control my body. This demon could even integrate into other people, causing them to act out of character, and then forgetting the entire incident. Imagine being thrown across a room, being put in a comatose state, or feeling physically ill without any underlying medical conditions. That was my life. I was constantly under his control, even to the point of causing a near car accident when I was going for my exorcism. This demon, like any apparition, could materialize at any moment. Many people who have the ability to see spirits would ask me about the being walking beside me. It's hard to believe unless you've experienced something like this. I'm not talking about teenage trauma, but real physical interactions with a dimensional being. We work with beings from the dimensions, some of whom used to be demons. Not all made it when heaven stood up, as many older spirits refused to give up their perceived power. But the moment we and heaven saw our own enslavement to the white light and the consciousness system, we took a stand. On my website's FAQ section, you can read about our creators, the Anunnaki, the white light, and the soul construct. I welcome further discussion on this. Sincerely, Andrea. Well, my dear friends, we've reached the end of yet another winding path. As the evening knits the night, drawing its comforting darkness around us, we must part ways, for now. You've traveled with me through unsettling alleyways of thought, and I hope our journey together has both enthralled and enchanted you. Like a spider's web capturing the moonlight in its delicate dew-drenched threads, until we meet again beneath the gossamer glow of the next moon, I urge you to keep your hearts open, your minds sharp, and your spirits daring. Remember, no star is ever out of reach, and no mystery is ever too daunting to seek. This is your humble grandpa, turning the last page of our ebon-bound book for now. May your dreams be wistful, my friends. Farewell from Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast, 
and tread softly into the night.